so they won't be frowned about uh, on either if they want to sleep during your worship set. That's okay with you too? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead, read your phones while Ed is speaking. Don't worry about it. You know, I, uh, I read the story about a man uh, who always found money. He was finding money everywhere that he went. He'd find money uh, in hotels, in lobbies. He'd find money in taxis. He'd find money on the floor. He'd find it in drawers. He'd find it in couches. He'd find it on grass. He'd find it in cars. Wherever he went, it seemed like he was always finding money. And the people around him would say when he found the money, you are so lucky, you're fine money all the time. And he would respond, luck has very little to do with it. I find money because I'm always looking for money. Now, I think we tend to be like those people who say of others, you're so lucky you get to hear from God. You know, we, hear a, we see an encounter like the one Mark shared, and he talks about how he encountered God and how God's voice in his heart began to deal with uh, wounds in his life that he didn't even know he had and, and bitterness and hurt and, and gave him guidance. And then we hear stories of people who talk about, well, I came to God and I heard his voice and, and my marriage was transformed or, or my, my attitude toward work was transformed or God gave me direction. And, and we sit back and we think you are so lucky that you get to hear from God. And what we mean by that is, well, it's obvious that you, you are specially called or you have a gift or you have been chosen to hear from God because if I were one of those, I would hear from God too, but, but I'm not one of those and that's why I don't hear from God in my life. But that's not at all what the scriptures teach. The scriptures do not teach that people hear from God because they're chosen or they're gifted or they're special people. It does not teach that. There are chosen and gifted and special people that do hear from God, but that is not why they hear from God. The scripture is very clear on why a person hears from God. And so I want to whip through just a couple of verses from the scripture for you and uh, just listen to this. They explain why people hear from God. Psalm 9, verse 10. Those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. You've never forsaken people. Doesn't say special people. Doesn't say gifted people. Chosen people. It just says he never forsakes those who seek him. Proverbs 8, 17. I love those who love me, and those who seek me find me. It's the words of God. I love those who love me, and I, those who seek me, they are the ones that will find me. They're the ones that hear from me. Isaiah 55, 6, seek the Lord while he may be found, call on him while he is near. Saying that to everybody, seek him while he may be found and call on him. Why? Because he will respond. Matthew 7, 7 and 8, words right out of Jesus' mouth. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for everyone who asks 
receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. If you seek, you will find. Acts 17, 27. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he's not far from any one of us. God put people, in the context of this, God put people in specific countries and specific times and eras so that they might turn to him. They're in the best possible situation they could be in to turn to him and find him if they wanted to. Hebrews 11, verse 6. And without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You do not hear from God because you're special or gifted or chosen. You hear from God because you seek God. People hear from God when they seek from God. You hear from God when you seek from God seek God. It's when we seek God, we hear from him. There's no, this lie that, that people, you have to be somebody special, you have to have a special gift to hear the voice of God in your life, it's total bunk. The truth of scripture is, those who seek him, find him. We hear God when we seek God. Now, I, I think I might be ahead of some of you. Because I know what you think. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I've heard that before. I even believed that. And I sought God, but I really didn't hear from him. So I, I, I went to God, and I asked him, and I called on him, and he just never answered. I've tried it. It doesn't work. So maybe the question isn't, do you seek God? The question is, how do you seek God? Because God's word says, if you seek him, you'll find him. Well, then how is it that we seek God? What do we learn from scripture about hearing the voice of God? The voice of God that when it enters us, when we hear the voice of God, remember Oswald Chambers said, the soul has eyes and ears with which to hear God. Our souls are designed to communicate to God. And when he speaks inside to us, it's, it's so clear and so profound that it has to be something more than an audible voice. We have built within us the ability to communicate with God. And God says, seek me and you'll find me. Well, then how do we seek him to find him? I want to, I there's probably a number of different things we could say today, but I just want to focus on what I think are two of the big reasons or the ways that we need to seek God. The first thing, when we are seeking God, we need to put ourselves in a place where we'll hear God speak. Another way to say it is we need to walk the paths where God walks. If you want to hear God, be where God is at. And what do I mean by that? Acts chapter 13, we're, we're given a great story as this starts off. Uh, now in the church at Antioch, so there was this church in this city called Antioch, there were prophets those who hear the voice of God and share what they've heard. And there are teachers, those who study the scriptures and share what God has said. Both are sharing the voice of God. These people, that's their giftedness. And Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, uh, who had been taught with uh, Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Now, now listen here. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, 
the Holy Spirit said to them, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which they, I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Now what's important here is to, to notice when did they hear from God? We know they heard from God because it's very clear what he said. Set apart Barnabas and Saul. I have work for them. They'll go do it. Well, when did they hear from? Notice the words that, Paul, that Luke, the writer, says about this group of prophets and teachers. When they were worshiping God, which is what you're doing right now. When they were fasting and seeking him. When they were praying. When they were doing those healthy spiritual habits. They were putting themselves in an environment where God speaks. We hear God when we seek God, and we seek God when we engage in those spiritual disciplines, those healthy spiritual habits that put us in touch with God. Now, if you had a single friend and you were having a conversation and your single friend said, you know, I really want to meet somebody who's single. I, I, I really do, but I just can't seem to find anybody that's single. And you said to them, well, what apps are you using or what events or places do you go? And the person said, well, you know, I, I don't like the apps. I don't really want to trust them, so I don't use them. And I, I'm not really kind of an introvert, so I don't really go many places. Now, what would you say to that person? You're never going to find single people if you don't go where single people are at. You're never going to find God if you don't go where God is at. When we seek God, it takes work. It takes effort. It requires us to engage in spiritual disciplines which put us in a place and our spirit and soul in a place where we are able to hear from God. Now, this isn't just happening in Acts. Like, it wasn't something that uh, just occurred uh, in, in the beginning of the church. I mean, Jesus practiced all kinds of spiritual disciplines, but also the saints of the Old Testament did. And, and one of the characters in the Old Testament that probably heard from God the most and the most clearly was Daniel. And, and we have uh, the story about uh, Daniel and, and, and the him seeking God and hearing from God. And in chapter 9 of Daniel, in, in verse 1, in the first year of Darius, son of Xerxes, a Mede by descent, who was made ruler over Babylonian kingdom... That's kind of the introduction. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures. Well, what does that imply? That means he was going through the scriptures and he was talking to God as he read the scriptures saying, God, what does this mean? And what's this about? And why did you say this here? He was actively engaged, actively reading the scriptures. And that, that's why he means I understood from scripture. I'm in the scriptures, I'm reading it, and I'm understanding that you're speaking. And now I feel like you're speaking to me according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet. So he's reading the uh, book of Jeremiah. 
that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So if you know the story of Daniel, maybe you don't, he was, he was during the time of the exile when the Babylonians came in and took most of the people out of Israel and took them to Babylon, modern-day Iraq, and there they were in captivity. And then Daniel, one of those in captivity who kind of raised up to be a high position in the Babylonian government, learns by being in the Word and by praying and seeking God that the 70 years, this captivity is only lasting 70 years and it's about to come to an end. He heard God when he put himself in a place to hear God. Listen to what else he says. So I turned to the Lord and pleaded with him in prayer and in petition. Prayer would be the talking to God. Petition would be a specific requests of God. And in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. Uh, people who were grieving in the Jewish culture at this time would, and when they were under heavy burden, they would put on sackcloth and, and, and sprinkle ashes over their head as a, as a symbol of their base, uh, humbling themselves before God. So here he is practicing these spiritual disciplines, and then he goes into a prayer, confessing his sin. And, and then in verse 20, at the end of his prayer, he says, Now while I was speaking, speaking to who? I was speaking and praying and confessing my sins and the sin of my people Israel and making my request to the Lord my God for his holy hill. While I was still in prayer, Gabriel the man, which is Gabriel the angel, I had seen in the earlier vision came to me swift in flight and at the time of the evening sacrifice and he instructed me and said, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you began to pray, a word went out, which I have come to tell you. In the middle, it was, he was placing himself where, in a place where he could hear from God, where his soul was attracted and att given attention to God. He was seeking God. And he heard from God. I've never had Gabriel come and visit me. But I have had God speak to me. And it happens almost all the time when I'm in the Word and in prayer. So let's get a little personal. Maybe the reason you don't hear the voice of God in your life is because you don't do the work of seeking God in your life. Do a little test. Just between you and God. When, when are you in the word and prayer in your life? Like name the time of day when that happens in your life. Like is it six in the morning or is it nine in the morning or is it at noon? Is it at night? Like name the time right now when you plan to meet with God. Okay? Test one. Test two. Where? Where are you? Are you sitting in a chair? Are you sitting under a tree? Are you walking through the woods? Are you on a go train? Are you in your car as you're driving to work, listening to the word and praying? Like, where are you? Are, are, are you lying in bed at night? Like, where are you when you're seeking God, when you're engaging in this, these spiritual disciplines of actively listening to the word and praying to God? Where are you? When do you do it? Where are you? And how often? There's the third test. How often? Now, I think from the end, if you're honest with yourself, you know from the answers to those three questions whether or not you're engaging 
in spiritually healthy habits. If you go, wow, you know, um, you know, sometimes I kind of in the afternoon, sometimes it's kind of like at night just before I go to bed, and you know, we pray at supper. And where, well, wherever it happened to be, like, you know, wherever, wherever strikes me, that's, that's where I am when it happens. And how often? Well, you know, when I can, when I think of it. That's the reason you don't hear from God. Because the teaching of Scripture is those who seek God find God. When you, you hear from God, when you seek God. And we seek God. How do we seek God? By engaging in our soul and our spirit in those healthy habits that enable us to be in a place where we can hear from God. So I'm going to guess that if you don't hear the voice of God in your life, it's probably got something to do with how little you put yourself into a place to hear from him. So let's forget this lie that I am. I guess Satan has started among us or we use to, to justify ourselves. Oh, I'm just not. You're so lucky, Pastor Ed, that you get to hear from God. You're so lucky, Mark, that you get to hear from God. He said, luck has nothing to do with it. I hear God because I seek God. Mark, hear God because he seeks God. Others around you hear God because they seek God and you could hear God if you seek God too. And just to throw a kicker in here, I find that the more I'm in the word and the more I'm in solitude and practice active listening and fasting, the more I hear from God. Uh, Joan of Arc uh, had a, uh, an, a critic attacking her and saying, uh, said to her, you sound like and you think you're the only one God speaks to. And she responded, sir, that is wrong. God speaks to everyone. I just listen. I thought, Joan, you said a lot of truth in one sentence. The question you need to leave with about this today is, am I listening? Do I put myself in a place where I hear the voice of God in my life, where God speaks? It takes work. It takes effort. It takes time. But if you don't do it, you won't hear the word of God. So that's the first thing. We seek God. When we seek God, we'll hear God. And we seek God when we engage in those spiritually healthy practices that enable us to focus on God. And I would highly recommend you Find a time in your day, every day, you find a place where you can meet with God and you do this daily. And believe me, you will start to hear from God. You will hear his voice and it will begin to change you from the inside out. And you will experience the joy of a new life springing up that Mark was describing in his life. It all happened when he started to put himself in a place where he could hear from God. Now, the second thing I would say is we seek God by obeying the light that we have been given. So when God speaks, we do what he told us to do. John chapter 14, uh, Jesus is preparing his disciples. He's about to leave. Uh, he's going to be 
killed on, put on the cross, and then he'll resurrect and ascend to heaven. So he's preparing his disciples, uh, those closest to him, for his departure, and then the mission they're going to receive to live out and be witnesses of the truth of Jesus in the world, and then they're going to establish a church. So they don't know any of that. They don't even know that he's going to be killed. They're just following him along, thinking that he is going to bring the, the kingdom of God by military means. They don't understand that the kingdom of God is not just a physical uh, kingdom. It, it is that, but first and foremost, the kingdom of God is the reign and rule of God on the earth in the heart of people wherever they are. So you can be part of the kingdom of God if you're in submission to Christ. If you put your faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you've surrendered your life to him, you are part of the kingdom of God. And then in the future, we're told, Jesus is going to return to this earth and establish that kingdom in a physical way. But right now, and Jesus knows that as he's preparing his disciples, it will be a spiritual kingdom of drawing people who will decide what they'll do with Jesus, whether they're going to follow him or not. And so he's preparing them. He's not going to be there, but they're going to be there. And he goes, if you love me, keep my commands. Stop. You want to show Jesus you love him? Then obey what he tells you to do. That isn't hard to understand. <laughs> that is hard to do, but it isn't hard to understand. When Jesus tells me to do something, I need to do it. That's how I show him I love him. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. So Jesus is their advocate. He is going to go to the cross and advocate for them, pay for their sins, and bring each the humanity of the Father and say, I've paid for their sins. Now, those who have faith, I, I, I apply my payment at the cross to them that pays for their sin. He's going to advocate. But then Jesus said, I'm going to pray the Father sends you another, another of the same kind is the Greek word, another advocate who is going to be with you even though I'm going to leave. And this advocate will be the spirit the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. Now, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. The word world cannot accept the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit speaks truth. And the world doesn't want the truth of God. But you, those of you who have put your faith in me, you know him for he lives with you and, and will be in you. The indwelling of God within us. Well, why would God want to dwell in us? Well, there's a number of reasons in Scripture, one of which is to communicate to us. Who knows you deeper than you know yourself? Paul says, but the Spirit is within us and the Spirit knows us. The Spirit communicates deep from within the soul. That's the role in the ministry. We should expect that in our Christian life. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're going to die and then be ascended. And what do you mean then you're not going to leave us, but you're going to come to us? 
Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. See, because I'm going to die, and then I'm going to be resurrected, but you're going to see me. Because I live, you also will live, and on that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit to reveal the Son and the relationship that we have with Jesus and the Father, that there is a communication. There's a, the voice of, the, of God coming in and out of our lives as we talk to him and he talks to us. And whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Yeah, you said that. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and I will, what's that word? show myself to them. Through the ministry of the Holy Spirit that is activated by your obedience, you will hear my voice. You will see me in your life. You will experience the communication with me. When the, whole, the work of the Holy Spirit is to teach and reveal uh, me to you from within, and when you obey, when you obey the light I've given to you, you will experience the communication from me. If you talk to a lighthouse keeper, they will tell you that if it's a bad storm and there's a ship in their quadrant, and there's a bad storm, and the ship is struggling, they don't they have their light in the lighthouse, but they don't go and keep lighting more lights along the shore so the ship knows where the shore is. They don't do that because it would confuse the ship more than it would help it because the ship wouldn't know which light is the lighthouse. And they, the ship will be okay if the navigator opens the charts and takes the readings from the lighthouse and the readings off the compass and will be able to determine their path. They'll be okay if they just obey the light they receive. And we will be okay if we obey the light that we receive. And not only will we be okay when we obey the light that we receive, that Jesus tells us, the commands that he gives us, but we will also, he will also reveal himself to us through our obedience. As we obey, that's a statement. Jesus, I'm going to love you despite this step of obedience you may be asking me to take. It's very difficult, but I'm going to put you ahead of myself. When we do that, we're saying, we love you, Jesus. And then he says, as you obey, you will now see more of me, understand more of me, hear more from me than before. But what if you don't obey? experience of the saints is that Jesus doesn't keep giving us light if we're unwilling to obey the light we have. That's why we get stuck in our Christian life. You know, we, we know God is telling us to obey that our, our, or to mend, obey him and mend that relationship with our parents or our siblings or our kids, but we just don't do it. And so we get stuck, or, or we should stop that relationship we have with that person. It's, it's heading us in the wrong direction. We need to get out of it, stop dating that person, but we don't do it. We keep on going, even though the Spirit 
and God has told us, you know, you need to end that. Or, or we, we know we should be giving money to that person or that need or that organization, but we hold on, we don't do it. Or we shouldn't be spending so much money on shopping. I mean, clearly, there's something we're trying to find in our shopping, and we've heard the Spirit whisper to us, and when we've been in the Word, and, or, or when we're listening to a sermon, like right now, and the Spirit is whispering to you, yeah, listen to what that guy's saying up there, because you're f- trying to find meaning and help and hope through your shopping, and it's not helping you. We know we should do something about it, but we don't. Or we know we should go to our coworker and say, you know, it was me who slandered you, and I need to apologize for that and tell you the truth. Or what we're watching on Netflix or Prime or Crave or whatever, whatever screen we're on, we know we shouldn't be watching this. We know we can't break it. We need to talk to somebody, but we don't. We want, we want to hold on to it. And so if we're going to keep uh, disobeying the light that we receive. Jesus doesn't give us more light so we can keep going on in life and ignore that. He leaves us here with the light that we have, and until we navigate our lives according to that light, we are going to be in struggles. So one of the reasons that seeking God one of the reasons we don't hear from him is we don't listen to or obey the light that we've already been given. And so I want to disabuse ourselves of this lie of, oh, you must be lucky. You get to hear from God. And I mean, if I were special or if I were chosen or if I were gifted, I would hear from God too, but I'm not, so I don't hear from God. You don't hear from God or I don't hear from God because I don't seek God. That's the simple truth of Scripture. We hear God when we seek God. And we seek God by putting ourselves in an environment, in a place where we can hear him through those spiritual healthy habits and by obeying and continually obeying what Christ has called us to do. The advancement of your relationship with Jesus is directly tied to your obedience to what he commands you to do in his word. So, I've given you two things to think about. Well, I gave you one big one. You'll hear God when you seek God. Well, how do I seek God? Put myself in a place through spiritual disciplines, those spiritual healthy habits of listening to God, prayer, the word. You get prayer and active listening of the word into your life, and then you can start working on you know, meditation and silence and solitude and fasting. All that can be later. You don't do try it all once. But, but daily, I would say, in the word, in prayer, pouring your heart out to God and being open before him. And then when you get light, when a command applies to you, when you sense the prompting of the Holy Spirit, do what it says. If you're not sure, ask somebody who's spiritually mature. Am I reading this right from God? But do what he tells you to do. You take care of those two things. You will hear the healing, life-giving, joy-filling voice of God in your life. So if you're not hearing that, what's stopping it? And what are you going to do about it? Let's pray. Jesus, uh, thank you for the fact that you really want to speak to us. 
And what amazes me is what Mark said in his encounter video that, I, like Mark, I, I know that I'm broken and I know that I'm sinful and I, I, I sometimes have bad attitudes and don't immediately obey and linger and, and, and yet your spirit still continues to work and lead me closer to you if I would just seek you and obey you. Thank you for your patience with us, your long-suffering. Thank you for your blood that covers our sins. Thank you that you invite us into relationship with you through faith in the work that you've done on the cross. And once we're in relationship with you, that you walk with us and fill us with your spirit as we seek you. Now, help us to be people who hear your voice and obey it because we seek you. I want to pray for people, if something touched them today from the speaking of your word, that your spirit would drive that home and help them to take the steps they need to. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand together.